Good morning. Thank you for joining us in worship this morning. Now today, before I start, I just want to share with you uh, as kind of a way of introduction, we're talking about do you see? And when I thought about this passage that's talking about things we see, I was reminded of actually interactions that I have now with my daughter. So she's at a young age and we're blessed at our home. There's a lot of wildlife around our house. So a frequent conversation is me pulling her aside and saying, do you see? Do you see that deer? Do you see that fawn? Do you see that rabbit? Do you see that bird? And sometimes she sees them right away and sometimes she doesn't. She may just say yes and then she sees it. But sometimes it also happens the other way. Sometimes she sees things before I do. We were on a walk the other, uh, just a couple days ago, and she was in the stroller and pointed off to the side and said, I see deer hiding. And I was like, well, what are you talking about? And looked, and sure enough, behind a tree, there was a deer. Sometimes when we're seeing things, sometimes I see it first, sometimes she sees it first. And in just the same way, we could say that with the other way we often use the word see in English. When we say see, we sometimes talk about our eyes, things we're physically coming in. But when we also say, do you see, what we sometimes mean is, do you understand? When they say, tell someone a story or tell them how to do something, here's how you fix that. Do you see how to do that? We mean, do you understand? And in the same way that sometimes I see an animal, sometimes my daughter does, sometimes we can understand part of the truth and not have another part quite figured out. The passage we're going to look at today is Mark chapter 10, verses 46 through 52. It's going to ask us that same question, do you see? With both of those meanings, do you physically see, but also do you understand? The passage we're looking at today is actually the last healing miracle in the gospel of Mark. The last time in this gospel, this story of Jesus, we're told about him healing someone. And he's going to be healing a blind man. You might have noticed some of our songs were about seeing the light. I was blind. Now I see. So yes, that happens in the story. But in Mark's gospel, the story is actually trying to get us to understand something about who Jesus is. The story is also in Matthew chapter 20 and Luke chapter 18. And some accounts of this story speak of two men that Jesus is interacting with. But here in Mark's gospel, it focuses on a man named Bartimaeus. And through his encounters with Jesus, we see who Jesus is, we see our need for Jesus, and we see his heart for those in need. And what we'll also see is the faith that pleases him. So if you're not already there, please turn your Bibles to the Gospel of Mark, chapter 10. We're going to be in verses 46 through 52. I think because of the time, I'll, normally we stand and read together, but I think I'm going to pray and we'll read the passage as we go through. So let's pray. Lord, as we approach this text in your word, I pray, God, that you would help us to truly see, to understand, to understand who your son is and what he came to do. That he is divine, that he is the son of David, the son of God who died to save us. Lord, may we also understand that we desperately need him. We may not be physically blind, but we are trapped by sin and in need of his rescue. Oh, but Lord, help us to also see his great heart of compassion that he has for those in need that he has for us. 
And God, may we respond with the faith that pleases him, a faith that is focused on him, and a faith that leads us to follow him. May we see Jesus clearly today. It's in his name that I pray. Amen. So there's a couple questions this passage answers, and that's how we're going to walk through that. The first question we're going to look at is really a reminder of the question this whole series is about, who is Jesus? Or as it appears on your outline, do you see who Jesus is? First one is, do you see who Jesus is? Here we're looking at verses 46 and 47. Do you see who Jesus is? Now, one thing I want to point out before we look at this passage is we're at the other end of what scholars sometimes call, as a, to be silly, a Mark sandwich. You may remember we've talked about this as we've gone through the Gospel of Mark. Sometimes a story will start, and then something else will happen in the middle, and then it will come back to that first story or a similar one. So they call it a Mark sandwich. The ends are the same, the middle is different, and that's what's important that we should focus on. If we were to go back further in Mark, we're not going to go there now, but if we went back all the way to chapter 8, in verses 22 and 26, in that section, there's a story of Jesus healing another blind man. So he heals a blind man then, and then there's our passage where he heals another blind man. It seems that Mark is directing our focus that what happened in between these two healings is really important. And what happened there? Well, Jesus revealed who he was. He asked his disciples, who do you say that I am? And they said that he was the Christ, the Messiah. He also spoke about what's going to happen to him. He's going to Jerusalem where he will suffer and die, and then he will rise again. And then in these two chapters or so, we've also seen what it means to follow Jesus, what it looks like to live a life that reflects who he is and that honors him. Our story today is calling us to reflect on that as we see this last miracle, because next week we're going to start Jesus' last week before his death. But not everyone understands this. Jesus' own disciples are still blind to his purpose. They expect Jesus to be a conquering king, and they need a blind man to help them see what Jesus is really about. So let's look at verse 46. Verse 46 says, they came to Jericho, and as he was leaving Jericho with his disciples and a great crowd, Bartimaeus, a blind beggar, the son of Timaeus, was sitting by the roadside. So Jesus is on his way to Jerusalem, the capital of Israel, the capital of Judah, to be a part of the Passover festival. But this is also where he is going to die and rise again. His journey is nearly over, but right now he's leaving Jericho. It was the last big city before you got to Jerusalem. It was a low elevation city before you had to climb the mountains up to Jerusalem. And there's a large crowd with him. Maybe some of them are just also traveling to the Passover, but Jesus was a popular rabbi and teacher. He's sitting by the road hoping that these pilgrims give him some money so that he can survive. Because in this day and age, the blind were considered to be cursed and unclean. There was no disabilities act. There was no one to take care of him, but he was fully dependent on others. He had to beg to stay alive. In the Gospel of John, we see a story with another blind man, and it says his disciples asked Jesus, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? 
Now, Bartimaeus doesn't seem like he was born blind, but this is the attitude of the day. He must have sinned or done something wrong. Nobody was caring about him. Nobody was paying attention to him. But Bartimaeus heard them talking, and he heard that Jesus was coming. He must have heard about him before, and he believed the rumors. And so he desperately, frantically shouts. We read in verse 47, when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. It's a cry of faith. He viewed Jesus as the Messiah. And this is the first time we've seen this term, son of David, in Mark. It was a term talking about how the Savior would be descended from David. I'm not going to read this whole passage, but in the book of Jeremiah, the Lord declares that he's going to raise up for David a righteous branch who shall reign as king. Bartimaeus recognized Jesus is this divine son of David, the eternal king who's coming to righteously rule God's people. Others may call him that. We'll see some next week as he enters Jerusalem say the same thing. But for Bartimaeus, Jesus was not just some king who would rule at a distance, but he was someone who could help him right now. He wasn't interested in thrones or kingdoms, but his desperate need of God's help. Perhaps he actually knew what Jesus' mission was. Jesus said in the Gospel of Luke what he came to do. He said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. He has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and look at this, the recovery of sight to the blind. Bartimaeus knew Jesus was bringing good news because he is the Savior. And he also saw himself rightly. He knew he was trapped and had no hope. He knew he was in a helpless, hopeless condition. All he could do was ask for God's mercy. And he knew that Jesus, the divine king, the son of David, was his only hope. And if we're going to have any hope of knowing God, we have to understand who Jesus is. So do we see who he is? Because when we see Jesus as the divine savior, then we realize, Roman numeral two, we see our need for Jesus. Do you see your need for Jesus? You see your need for Jesus. Bartimaeus does. He calls out for him, but there's many people around him, and they rebuke him. They warn him to be silent and quiet. They try to shout him down. Look at verse 48. Many rebuked him, telling him to be silent, but he cried out all the more, Son of David, have mercy on me. They thought Bartimaeus was an interruption, that he was making a scene. They became angry at the inconvenience. It's kind of similar to a story we talked about a couple weeks ago where uh, some parents bring their children to Jesus. In Matthew 19, it says that the disciples rebuked the people for bringing their kids to Jesus, but he wanted them to come. In the same way, these crowds are trying to rebuke Bartimaeus, say, stop bothering Jesus with your business. He has more important things to do. Maybe they were also upset that he called him the son of David, this messianic title that he attributed him to be the savior. But Bartimaeus knew who he was. He knew his need. He knew the pain of being blind, and he knew that Jesus alone could heal him. Our passage says he cried out all the more. He shouted louder at Jesus. He knew that this was his last chance to be healed. 
After all, he's blind. It's not like he can get up and chase after Jesus. His only hope is for Jesus to hear him as he goes by. But he is persistent in seeking this help that he knows that he needs. And his perseverance will pay off. And so let me ask us, do you see, do you see your need for Jesus? Do you see that he is the last hope you have to be restored to God? And if you're starting to see that, put those pieces together, then like Bartimaeus, do not give up in seeking him. Do not be half-hearted in that approach. Tell him what you need. Do not let anyone discourage you from seeking after him and coming to him. Bartimaeus cried out to him, you can cry out, Jesus, I know that I am a sinner. I know that I have rebelled against you. I know that my relationship with God is broken, but I turn away from that sin. I believe and I trust in you. I confess that you are the Lord and master. I commit my life to you. I place my faith and trust in you. Pray and keep praying until you know him and you know that you know him. And we don't have to give up because our passage also tells us that Jesus has a heart for us. In this text, Roman numeral three, we see the heart of Jesus. We see the heart of Jesus. He has a compassionate heart for those in need. He cares, he stops, and he responds. Look at verse 49. Jesus, we're told, he's walking but he hears Bartimaeus, and Jesus stopped and said, call him. He asked to speak with Bartimaeus. I really love this description. It's such a beautiful picture of Jesus' heart, how he cares for the marginalized, the outcast, even as he's on this work. And what really struck me about this was thinking about the Gospel of Mark. You may remember the very first week that we started this, I told you that a big word in the Gospel of Mark is immediately. Over and over again, we see this word, immediately this happens, immediately this, immediately that. Jesus is on a mission. He's always moving and doing something. He doesn't take breaks in the Gospel of Mark. He's always moving to what's next. And over the past few chapters, he's been moving towards Jerusalem. He's headed toward the biggest thing he's going to do, die for sin. Yet even when he's on this mission, something makes him stop. What is it? Something very important? So some very important person who draws his attention? No, no, it's this blind man on the side of the road calling out to him in his moment of need. That makes him stop. Not someone rich, influential, or powerful. This blind man, Bartimaeus, he could do nothing for Jesus. He had nothing to argue but to give, but he's not an inconvenience to Jesus. Jesus only hears the cry of someone in need, someone he can help, and so he stops. His servant heart goes out to this man. He's headed towards his suffering and death, but he can't help but stop and care for this man. As he had just told his disciples, he said, whoever would be great among you must be your servant. Whoever would be first among you must be slave of all. And so like a servant, like a slave, Jesus looks out for this needy man's interest. This is his heart. He sees the forgotten, the overlooked, the hurting, even when no one else does. Again, the Old Testament spoke of this role he would have. The book of Isaiah, 
Chapter 42 says, I will lead the blind in a way they do not know. In paths they have not known, I will guide them. I will turn the darkness before them into light, the rough places into level ground. These are the things I will do, and I do not forsake them. That's what Jesus is saying now. I do not forsake you, Bartimaeus. And the same is true for us. In our moment of need, Jesus will stop for you too. Look who he's stopping for. He's not stopping for somebody who says, I'm trying to figure it out. I'll take care of it myself. No, he stops for someone who says, Jesus, I need you. He stops for those who declare their need for him. One pastor, Kent Hughes, put it this way. The heart's cry of, the heart's cry of one in need is far sweeter to Christ than the shallow hallelujahs of the crowd. He says, are you hurting? Do you feel helpless? If so, understand that your plea will be sweetness to his ears. When we cry out to God in our moment of need, that is sweet to him. We can cry out to him wherever we are in our journey. You can call out to Jesus because he cares for you. But there's more to see in this passage. Let's go back to verse 49. We're told that Jesus stopped and Jesus said, call him. But look, his words have a result. Because after that, the crowd around him that before had been rebuking Bartimaeus, now they call to him and they say, take heart, have courage, have good cheer, rise, get on your feet, because he is calling you. They were rebuking him, but when Jesus says, no, this man is important and worth caring for, then they turn to encouragement. Jesus' heart for this man led others to care for him. If we're following Christ, we should have that same heart to care for those in need. We should look for broken sinners and look on them with compassion. Where the rest of the world turns away, we should run to those in need. Christ's true church is built one soul, one person at a time. And where we have that opportunity to extend God's grace to one person, we should. One scholar, Danny Aiken, put it this way, we should never be so busy that we cannot stop and help. We're able to stop and help because Jesus first stopped for and helped us. But the only way we're able to do that is with what may be the most important question to consider. Do we have the faith that pleases Jesus? If we're going to stop, we need faith in him. So do we have the faith that pleases Jesus? And what is the faith that pleases him? Well, there's two aspects we wanted to look at. One is the faith that pleases him is focused on Jesus. Faith that pleases him is focused on Jesus. We're told Bartimaeus is so happy, he throws off his coat, he jumps up, he runs to Jesus. Verse 50, throwing off his cloak, he sprang up, came to Jesus. He leaves behind everything that would slow him down to come to Christ. And then Jesus gives him an opportunity to declare his faith. In verse 51, Jesus said to him, what do you want me to do for you? And the blind man said to him, Rabbi, let me recover my sight. The words imply that he used to be able to see and lost it. All he wants is to be able to see. Everyone else, he asked for money, but Jesus, he says, I know you can heal me. I'm asking you to help me to see. He couldn't physically see Jesus, but he understood what Jesus could do. And there's such a great contrast here with something we talked about last week. 
If we backed up a couple verses, Jesus asked the same question, but this time he asked it not to this blind man he's never met before, but to his, two of his closest disciples, James and John. Two of the, the big three, Peter, James, and John, they come and they say, teacher, we want you to do whatever we ask. And again, Jesus says, what do you want me to do for you? And what do they say? They say, grant us to sit, one at your right hand, one at your left, in your glory. Jesus asked that question. They asked for glory, praise, positions of honor. When Bartimaeus comes, he asked just for normal health. He could not see, but unlike the disciples, he truly saw Jesus. He understood who Jesus was. One pastor, J.C. Ryle, put it this way, Bartimaeus was blind in body, but not in soul. The eyes of his understanding were open. And it's that kind of faith, knowing, trusting, focused on Jesus that pleases him. And then in verse 52, we see what happens because of that. Verse 52, Jesus said to him, go your way, your faith has made you well. And immediately he recovered his sight. Jesus didn't even touch him. Immediately he could see again. Here again, we see Jesus fulfilling the Old Testament. Isaiah 29 says that in that day, the deaf shall hear the words of the book out of their gloom and darkness, the eyes of the blind shall see. If you remember at the beginning, I pointed us back to there's another healing of a blind man earlier in Mark. But here we see some contrast because in that healing, the blind man saw partially and then it was only later he saw fully. Jesus started to heal him. He could see a little bit. He said, it looks like, I see men, but they look like trees. And then Jesus helped him to fully see. Here, Bartimaeus instantly sees. He truly understands who Jesus is. That first healing miracle, we talked about how sometimes we're slow to understand who Christ is. But here's Bartimaeus. He grasps it. He gets who Jesus is. And Jesus makes it clear why this happened in verse 52. He says, your faith has made you well. When people have true faith, dependence on him, they know Jesus. They experience his grace. Now, I don't want to overstate the point here. There's some people who are part of false gospel preaching churches that, that teach the wrong message, who say, you can be healed of any disease if you only have enough faith. And if you're not healed, it's because something is wrong with you. That, that's a wrong message here. When Jesus says to him, your faith has made you well, it teaches us that he expects complete trust and dependence on him. It teaches us that Jesus should be the object of our faith, not something about us, not our talents, our abilities, our efforts, but Jesus, who he is, what he has done. He is the Messiah, the one who lived a perfect life and died so that we might be restored. And if our faith would please him, it must be focused on him. But there's one other aspect to this faith that pleases him that I want to talk about. Because there's something interesting in this verse here. Jesus tells the man, look what he says. He says in verse 52, go your way. He tells the man, you Go, to do whatever you want to do. Then he heals him, but then look what happens after that. Bartimaeus doesn't go his own way. Instead, he followed him on the way. After Bartimaeus is healed, he follows Jesus. And this is such a fitting conclusion to this part of 
Mark's gospel. We've been talking about what it looks like to follow Jesus. Here's somebody who's healed and follows him. So the second aspect of a faith that pleases him is a faith that follows Jesus. Bartimaeus becomes one who goes where Jesus goes and does what he says. He follows him. We've seen this from the very beginning of Mark. Jesus said to Peter, James, John, Andrew, follow me, and they followed him. And the same thing happens here with Bartimaeus. His example is worth remembering. Instead of doing anything else in that moment, he's just been healed. He can see now for the first time maybe in years. But instead of going, doing the things he hasn't been able to do, instead of traveling the world, he decides he is going to follow Jesus. So let me ask you, is your life about following Jesus? Or is it about living for yourself and the things you want? And if your life is about you, then do you truly know him? If your faith would please Jesus, it must lead you to follow him. I pray that as we look at this story, you'll consider well the questions that are there and the challenge of do you see? Let me ask you, do you see? Has Jesus opened your eyes? Have you placed your faith in him? For starters, do you see who Jesus is? Do you see that he is divine, the son of God? He is the son of David, our savior. Do you see your need of him, that you are in desperate need? You have no hope to save yourself. You are stuck in your sin. But do you see the good news as well? Do you see the heart of Jesus and that he has compassion for you? He can restore your spiritual sight. He can help you to see the world as it really is. The Apostle Paul writes in 2 Corinthians about unbelievers. It says, the God of this world has blinded the minds of unbelievers, those who do not know God, to keep them from seeing the light of the gospel, the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. But what happens if we know Jesus? God, who said, light shine out of darkness, has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Without Jesus, we are in darkness. If we know him, then we see the light. And if you ask him, then he can make you truly whole. He can remove your sin. He can be working in your life to make you like him. He can give you eternal life. But then finally, I need to ask, does your faith please Jesus? Does it please Jesus? Is it focused on him? Does it lead you to follow him? Like Bartimaeus, we should think of ourselves sitting along the side of the road. Jesus is walking by. Will we call out to him before it is too late? Will we be able to say like Peter says? Here Peter says, though you have not seen him, you love him. None of us in this room have seen Jesus in person, but if we come to know him, if we place our faith and trust in him, then we love him. Look what he says, though you do not see him now, you believe in him. You rejoice with joy that is inexpressible, filled with glory, obtaining the outcome of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Do you see him? Do you love him? Do you know him? If not, I hope that you'll talk to me after the service or reach out to somebody who's a believer and say, help me to see and know who Jesus is. 
And if you do see him, if you do understand who he is and what he has done, then we will celebrate what he has done in a few minutes through the Lord's Supper. But for right now, let's praise him for what he has done to open our eyes because he alone is worthy.